Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entirety of the internet. Now, I've searched a lot of the internet. I've been to, like, most corners of the internet. There's some really fucked up shit out there. Uh, couldn't find a better fantasy basketball site than Hashtag basketball.com i will not tell you what else i found because it is not appropriate for human beings uh, but what is appropriate is hashtag basketball.com's free tools and analysis so go check them out i'm your host i'm katrin and joining me as always is co-host tyler p watts what's up tyler michael you want to start with a fun bit of trade chatter I would, I would love, I would love to. I love trade chatter because usually, if there's chatter, uh, it ain't gonna happen. Uh, no, this this trade actually did happen. Um, oh, but, uh, wait, okay. Um, I I don't know that the trade itself is the important part of this discussion, though. So I got this message on Twitter from a man named Brolin Ryan. Um, okay, cool name. And he says, you know, that the owner in his league is interested in maybe moving off Jokic. And he says, you know, I'm trying to put together a two-for-one or a three-for-one. What do you think is a fair deal? Now this person sent me their team, and I gave him some ideas. And Okay, that's nice. Whatever, whatever. But I, I don't think that part of it's important. I do think that part's think important. If you're not following at Tyler P. Watts, if you're not following at Watch the Boxes, we do like to help people out like this. So, like, I think that is important. We help our fans out. You can tweet at us. I think, though, the important part is, like, you know, you're trading for going into the season what most people thought is was the best player in fantasy and is now currently a top five player. Um, what is that worth, right? And this is a standard, like, 12-team league. Yeah. Um, so what what is what is the best player in fantasy worth in a standard twelve team league? It's two really, for one or three for one. Yeah, it's really hard to give um, without knowing all those details, right? Like all the details you just talked about. What does your team look like? What does your league look like? What are your settings? What is? Um, it's hard to give like kind of like blanket advice because like for the most part, people follow the rule. Best if you get the best player into the trade, then you won the trade, and that's not necessarily true. So. But when people follow that rule, right, what do you what do you trade for the best player in the league, right? Um, if you if you always think you're gonna lose the, the trade if you're giving away the best player in the league. And I think it's really, really tough because situationally, right, if you're in a position where Jokic is your only center, you're not just giving away the best player in the league, uh, and the best player on your team, you're giving away a, a positional scarcity uh, and putting yourself in a hole or uh, a bunch of categories, right? On the flip side of that, maybe you got three great centers and some good guards that get assists, and Jokic is just kind of like the icing on the cake, even though he's like worth a lot. You got to go sit one of your good players if you're bringing back three players, right? So there's a lot of variables that go into these trades. That's why they're hard to, to give advice on. That's fair, but I was I, so my response to this person was in a vacuum. Okay, now, granted, I'm assuming this was an auction league because, like, depending on who you consider the best player of this group, um, the team had Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal, Pascal Siakam, uh, Demontis Sabonis. So, like, no okay. top, no top tier people. Bunch of good right? second round players, yeah, third round players, yeah, yeah, second, third, right round players. I said. My response was, I give him the whichever player he wants the most from your team, and a second top fifty person. That is fair enough. I am not accepting that trade if I if I'm the Jokic owner. Well, you should join this league then, because the trade that ultimately got done was. Alperen Sangoon and Demonta Sabonis for Jokic. <laughs> oh, what? 
<laughs> what? That's that's how it goes crazy. sometimes. That is crazy, Tyler. I think okay, this is a good lesson in uh shoot your shot. Who knows what people value out there, right? Um that's a crazy haul for Sangoon who like by the way, Sangoon has started to come on. Um he's it looks like he's let me adjust my uh, turnovers. Let's get rid of turnovers here. He's ranked forty second. Yeah, he's he's up to the forties, right? Well, I mean, uh, basically, it was the deal I said, right? It's a guy. Yeah, it was exactly the wanted, deal you said. Bonus, right? Which I mean, it doesn't really matter where Sabonis is right now. I mean, isn't he like somewhere between? I mean, he's outside the top fifty right now, but he's probably at the end of the season somewhere in that. Yeah. 25 to 35, maybe maybe 40 at the absolute worst range. Sure. And Sangoon, who's in the top 50. If you're like doing a little bit of like the mental math right here, you can you could try to convince yourself that like Sabonis is basically a like a like a 61% Jokic. I wouldn't even go that far. Maybe like a 50%. But he's he's a center guy who gets good assists. Um is like kind of a playmaker, which is what Jokic is like the best version of that, right? And Alfred Sagoon, young, upcoming, um solid big man. I don't need more big men. I just got two big men for a guy who already does what they do already. You know what I mean? Like that's why I don't do this trade. Um and here's how the math breaks down too, and this is maybe where people lose the plot. And this is kind of the point of this conversation, I think, is more people should be looking to make these kind of trades in their shallow leagues. Because here's why: the best person on his team, I number so far, is Drew Holiday, who's ranked 24th with a 7.48 uh, total kind of score on hashtag basketball. Right? Okay, I like I like that. Okay, so keep that number in mind, right? Then you trade another top 50 player, which Sangoon is the lowest-ranked player on his team okay. uh, at 42nd. That's still inside the top 50, obviously. Um, and his number is 4.87, right? So you take those two numbers, right, 4.87. You add in his highest-ranked player, right, which was 7.48. Mm-hmm. That gives you what? 12.35. Now, Jokic right now is 12.79. Last year, he was over 15. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. I think a lot of people, though, would be willing to make these trades because they go like, dude, I'm getting two top 50 players. You're getting Jokic, yeah, like, but I'm getting these two studs to put my lineup and start every week. In a show league, like, Take the best player that's not owned, and you still get that too, right? So you get the first player not owned, the first player to pick up off the waiver wire, which is probably like, even if it's the 150th ranked player, that's still a positive value for the most part. Even better, right? You get the guy has to drop someone off their bench because you traded them the two for one. Yeah. Like... You're yeah, you're you're getting guy back and you're picking up a second player off the waiver wire who you know likely is uh the difference between 50th player and Jokic is probably greater than the difference between the 50th player and the best waiver wire player. Is so you're getting a decent player off the bit uh, off the waiver wire. This guy has to then he gets two better players, but then he's got to drop somebody. Yeah, it's like a win-win-win so, all around for you. This is why I don't like. I like doing. I like sending two for ones. I rarely accept a two for one. And that, but that's my point. I think is, I think more people should be sending out these two for ones because they're actually getting good value, and I think this value is available in a lot, a lot of leagues. Completely agree. I mean, and now's the time too, right? Because we're still in this uh, definitely a small sample size theater uh, here in week four. 
Uh, very weird. Also, a very weird week with uh, obviously election day. Uh, hopefully, everyone went out and voted. Um, not not a whole lot you can do with the beginning of this week, um, other than play your best players, right? Like there was no real strategy involved in the, in the beginning of this week. Get your pickups in later in this week. Um, I think a good two good things are coming out of this week, right? You still have these kind of players who are either overperforming or underperforming. So you can still kind of wiggle around in your trades and like get, you know, maybe get a, a Damian Lillard back or like a Jokic back apparently as somebody did, um, for some just overperforming good players. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I think Monday and Wednesday of this week, and I don't know if you feel it this way, Tyler, I played and everybody played their full roster, right? On Monday and Wednesday, everybody, there was nobody, uh, who played someone who was like significantly, maybe like, you know, one guy got injured, right? But it's like Monday and Wednesday was a great, this is what my team looks like at full strength. This is what everyone else's team looks like at full strength. It's a very good example of, even though it's a small sample, what your team has to offer, it's even odds versus the rest of the league, right? And that's a good way to evaluate, hey, you know what? team doesn't get rebounds i need rebounds i need to go get rebounds i need to figure out a way to get rebounds i need to have a plan um or my team i thought it was good at blocks they're not that good at blocks compared to the rest of my league the rest of my league's pretty good at blocks maybe i should get rid of some of my good block guys because fuck blocks everybody else is too good at it yeah that's what you should be doing this week you should always be trying to evaluate your team in relatively real time right real what's not what's fake what's not am i really good at this category or not um and we see fluky things every year with blocks and steals right like um oh here i'll play a fun game with you mike 10 games into the season which is still a pretty small sample like let's be honest but again like it's an eighth of the way over already 15 percent, right right and so can you name the top five people in steals? Go. Oh, uh, Jonathan Murray. I would. This imagined. is actually a little a little easier because the top five there are three people tied for fifth, so there's there's more than one name for fifth. Okay, cool. The Jonathan Murray for sure. Um, OG and Anobi is going wild out. I, I'm very aware of that because I keep trying to trade for him and they keep not. Uh, I keep getting rejected. Those trades. Oh, um, well, all right, I'm halfway there. Um, Jay Gildress? Ninth. Ooh, wow. Um, who's, uh, who's good at steals? Jimmy Butler's good at steals. Tied for fifth. Uh, let's see. And uh, who else is good at steals? It's great. Great. These are great questions, Tyler. It shows that I don't pay as uh, much One is a teammate of someone you've already said, and the rest you're not getting, so... Chris Paul? Who would Chris Paul be a teammate? Oh, no, hold on. I, I'm just still guessing. Who's a teammate of somebody I said? Who won't get the rest, I'm telling you. Because I'm going to tell you, someone, and you're, you're going to be poop yourself. Teammate of someone I already said. O- Oklahoma, either Oklahoma City or Trey Young? Doesn't make, no, I don't think no. so. Trey Young yeah. is not even in the top 50. Therese Halberton. Oh, that's a good guess. He's 10th. Okay, I give up. Van Vliet was the teammate of someone you already said. Yeah, yeah. Oh, OG and Anobi, yeah. Okay, second. DeLon Wright. Okay. okay. Tied for fifth. Jalen Suggs and Luka Doncic. Only other person you didn't say in the top ten, Dennis Smith Jr. Like, some of that is fluky, right? Some of that, these yeah. guys like have never produced at those numbers, and they've only played ten games, and they've gotten a weird three steal game or something, and so they're way up there, right? Uh, some of it might Del- be real. What Delon right? Wright's only played like five, four or five games, right? And so has uh, Suggs has missed a few too. So has only had seven games, right? Suggs is nine. very interesting. I want to talk about Suggs, but we'll keep going with your train of thought. My my thought process is here is like some of it's real, some of it's fake, right? And if you're not watching the games, right, like Luca is making a more concerted effort to steal the ball. Will that result in two steals a game? Maybe not. 
but I he is going to set a new career high in steals as long as he keeps trying to steal the ball. Because say what you want about him, right? He's a big dude. It's hard to get around, and he's got pretty fast hands. He can steal the ball he's from you. Incredibly intelligent when it comes to reading plays. Like he's 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 got a basketball mind. That's why that's why he's so fucking good at finding people on the court. And so, is two steals real? Probably not. But could he be one and a half? Yeah, I think that's real. He could do that. Um, I, I would say certainly. Right, and so. You got to be making those value judgments, though, in your in real time, right? If you thought Luca was only a one steal a game guy, and now you're getting an extra half a steal from him, maybe you're suddenly competing in steals when you thought, oh, "I'm not really that good in steals." Exactly. Kind of like, hey, I've got you know, my players are playing better or um, playing worse, right? And even if they are small sample sizes, are trends like that you can understand about your players, right? Um. Take, for instance, uh, Joel Embiid. Embiid is not scoring as much as uh, he is normally scoring. Also, he's also been out with an illness. Um, it's, it's kind of questionable, right? Like, whether or not you think, hey, Joel Embiid, um, usually you score a little bit more and you get a little bit better uh, rebounds. What's uh, what's going on here, my guy? And it, it usually get better blocks and better steals, too. What's happening? Is that a, a consequence of a slow start? He had the plantar fasciitis over the summer. He uh, has been, you know, ill and probably isn't at 100% anyway. Or is this Joel Embiid? You, you think he's going to take like a half step or step backwards in most of his categories? That's determination you got to make i for one think you know it's a slow start games i'm not worried about right and some other guys maybe the thing is more concerning and the one thing i would say that is a little concerning with Embiid is he's talked about a foot issue he's had right and maybe that's preventing him from blocking shots right like if your feet hurt do you really want to jump up in the air and try to swat people's shots away maybe not Want to go? Do you want to go after that rebound that your teammate obviously has and get that extra two, two to three rebounds per game? You need to go. Oh, you know, uh, let's uh, Tobias grab that one. So all those things are real, and and this is where you know the watching the games matters, right? There was that year where Westbrook uh, basically like killed in in rebounds, right? And you could see that like. Even Steven Adams had basically agreed, right, this was all the way back when he played for the Thunder, that, like, Steven Adams was going to box out everyone and Russ was going to grab the ball and sprint up the court. It was the year he went from, like, 8 to 10. It was just sudden. It was like, wow, all right, there it is. Here, What's going on here? So, like, pay attention. And... Be watching the people on your team and be watching the games and try to see something that maybe someone else didn't see because they weren't watching the games. And like those trends, right? Those trends are starting to appear in week four. It's still a small sample size, but if you read between the tea leaves and you watch the games, you can start seeing the trends a little bit ahead of everybody else, which gets you that edge, especially when you're trying to make trades to make your team better currently. Um, There are a handful. Does this feel... I don't know. Does it feel like there's a lot of injuries already this this um in this early season? Harden's out for a month. Pascal Siakam's going to be out for you know the rest of the month. That um, was a weird one. He slipped on the floor. They were playing the Mavs that night. He slipped yeah. on the like a wet spot on the floor and yeah, hurt his groin, I believe. Um, it was just a weird injury. Um, I think. Part of it, too, is just, like, maybe that we see guys miss, like, a game or two, too. So it just seems like always, like... And maybe it's also just the NBA's official injury reports that they release now that anyone can look at. Like, every day the damn thing looks so daunting. Like, open up the one for right now, and you're just looking at it going, like, dude, like, every team has, like, five, six, seven people on this thing. It's insane. It's also, like, it seems like even questionable people are like, I don't know, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Like, everybody's everybody's going through it with Kawhi right now. Man, panic, panic selling Kawhi is at an all-time high. And it's like, 
people are just like, I want any, anything, anyone, anyone who plays basketball to be on my team other than having to deal with Kawhi. And it's like, Hey, my team is good already. Uh, I'll give you my garbage player for Kawhi and then I'll just sit around and hope Kawhi plays later and then I'll have an even better team. And like you mentioned, I think too, like part of it in fantasy that kind of skews our perception is like a lot of big names have missed some time or are currently out, right? We got hard and all three Bucks players are out right at the moment, right? Because uh, yeah, Paul has missed a game or two recently. Like it's a lot of big name guys too that were like, Feeling it in that way is like, you know, some of the best players are playing Pascal Siakam, right? Like Jaron Jackson Jr. still hasn't played a game yet. You know, there's a lot of guys missing time. And there's just been a lot of weird results, too. Would you agree with that? Like, there's been some results where you're going like, how did that team beat that team? What the hell happened yeah. here? And even still like... can't figure out why Utah and the Spurs are decent. And then we've even seen some games like, I mean, for example, just yesterday, right? The Wizards beat the Mavs. Blizzards didn't have Beal or Porzingis, and they beat the Mavs. Now Dallas was on the second end of a back-to-back, but it was just a weird game, man. And, like, Kyle Kuzma got sick, hot, scored 36, and just odd. Strange. Those sick pink uniforms, I think, is what it was. Harry Blossoms, baby. They were, they're, they're, they're nice. They're a cool outfit. I do cool like those. Outfit. I, if, if the Wizards were at all good and they had a good player on their team that I liked, uh, I would pick one of those up. Those are nice. Those are nice jerseys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, and you know, some teams that everybody thought was going to be good are are just not good. I mean, think about this. So we're like you said, fifteen percent of the way through the season. Here would be teams not even making the play-in tournament. You ready for this? Sure. Sixers, Peak. Warriors, and Lakers. If you want to consider them, but no. Sixers, Heat, and Warriors wouldn't even be in the play-in. It's crazy. But yeah, Warriors. That's the Warriors is super shocking. Sixers is very shocking, especially when you consider the Spurs are in <laughs> in the play-in. and Utah and Utah is 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 first in the uh, in the in the conference. Yeah. And Portland is second. Now Dave Portland, I was on though, Tyler. I had, I told you, I was on that. I, yeah, but but if I, I was in one Dame, to win the division, I was like done. If you, if I told you, Dame, what was Dame played in like ten out of the twelve games? Maybe not even that many. That's the crazy thing, right? He's definitely missed a few games. They're still winning. They're nine and three, and he's only played in seven games. He missed five already. They're still nine and three. This is this is easily a weird year. Does that translate to how we can? I, I mean, is there anything to exploit about the fact that this is a weird, this is a strange year? Do we think like the Utah Jazz are just wild good, but they're going to be like, we gotta, we gotta tank. We're supposed to tank. We're supposed to be tanking right now. Oh, there's there's been talk about that, right? It's just like, do they keep trading away people like Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, you know, those type of guys, and. I don't know. I mean, like, do you trade marketing at this point? Marketing's been good, man. It was fantastic. Uh, he'd be really good on the Chicago Bulls. Great. Always got to bring it back to that. Marketing's 22nd in fantasy right now. He's been good. He's been great. Yeah, I had the, I had uh, marketing over Sangoon. No, obviously, I didn't have it. Uh, a 20 to you know top top 50 versus top 25 kind of thought it was more like a top 60 top 80 type of thought but uh yeah like what do you do with that hot what do you do with some of these hot starts that don't feel at this point right like flukes like um just kind of a, a you know like a, a lucky hot start the way utah plays doesn't feel like larry markin is um a hot start it feels like Larry Mark is going to play like this. The flip side, no one's going to give you top 25 player for Larry Market. Like, what do you do with that? Do you just smile and, and, and take your, take your top 25 player? He probably well, and this you is, know, will fall off a little bit, but like not past top 50. I don't think. And this is where the, the, you know, fantasy league becomes the stock market in some ways, right? Is Larry market is the 22nd ranked player. Right now, that's facts, right? There's no disputing that. 
the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, where does he finish the season? Is he 22nd? Is he top 30? Is he top 50? Right? And if you own him and you think he's top 30 and no one's willing to give you top 30 value back, you just keep him and ride it. If you want to trade for him and you think he's top 30, try to trade for him like the other person assumes he's a top 50 player. That's a nice buy low then, right? Absolutely. And so you got to figure out what you value the player at and then try to trade for it based on that, based on that value. Not what they're doing right now, what you think he finishes as, right? De'Aaron Fox this is the 20th ranked player right now. I don't think De'Aaron Fox is going to finish in the top 20. If I have De'Aaron Fox and I can sell him for a top 20 player, done. Instant. Doing that. If the best I can sell him for is a top 50 player, I think I'll just keep De'Aaron Fox. He's already performing like a top 20 player. I think he's a top 50 player anyways. But why sell? Yeah, like, be- like best case scenario, right, is he does keep up a little bit of this uh, action and he he's like a top 35 player, right? And he has... His free throw improved uh, let's just say he worked on it like who knows um best case scenario right like you, you just got a pretty good guy um the worst case scenario is that he's a top 50 guy and you got like you just replace him with a top 50 guy don't do that like you already have a top 50 guy and you have a top 50 guy with upside so don't get the most boring top 50 player exactly. and trade for him like you want that little bit of upside that he could be a top Know, 20 player top 30 player top whatever player yeah sometimes Tobias like harris because he's going to be the top 50 but he's going to be 50th and he's the most boring person sometimes i'll just do a trade like that where he's like okay there is a top 20 guy who normally is top 50 i think he's a top 30 guy i'm going to trade a 50 guy or 30 guy like i'm, I'm going to go get that upgrade even let's, let's say in the case of De'Aaron fox i don't need another guard I'm going to go out and get that improvement on my team because some, whether my team needs it or not, because an asset is an asset. And I think that is a good way of looking at it, like the stock market, right? Now I have this valuable asset that I underpaid for that I can then maybe flip for something else. And, or now I have this glut of cards. Maybe I have a guard that I don't uh, trust their health as much. Maybe it's a Chris Paul type of player. Or it's a I don't trust their long-term playing time, like Kyrie Irving, right? I can go mitigate some of the, either the risk and, or just have another asset, a two for one out for Jokic or to uh, move uh, one of my guards for a team. Because if you have a bunch of guards, there's a team out there that doesn't. Right? So like go get one of their assets uh, in a one for one, because you have a glut of really good guards. So you have like, Hey, I have a top 40 guard. Give me your top 40 forward. Now I got better forwards. I'm replacing the top 64 with a top 40 forward on my starting roster without really losing anything. Um, I think it's perfectly fine just to, to make a trade simply because you are getting the better deal, even if they don't fit your team. Oh, 100%. And I actually made a move like this, uh, not that long ago. Right. So I am in this deep league and it's a keeper league. And the guy who, I had Bull Bull was basically like already giving up on the season, right? Just didn't have enough to compete. So I was like, I came into the year punting blocks. I looked around at the league and I'm like, there's really only like two teams that are good at blocks. Bull Bull is playing and getting two blocks a game. Like, so if I can swing a trade for Bull Bull on the cheap, I think I'm suddenly competitive in blocks. That's exactly what I did, right? I'm just looking around the league going, like, this is a, a market inefficiency, right? Like, all the blocks are concentrated on two teams in the 16-team league. If I can just get a guy, I can beat most of the other teams in the league. Yeah, you end up going up against one of these guys. Um, think about it. Majority of the time, you're going up against a guy who's bad at blocks, right? And then you get to the playoffs, chances are one of those guys is going to be bad at blocks, too. Right. And so, you know what I mean? And it's all matchups, but, like, yeah, so, I mean, I, I went and made that trade, and it cost me a first-round pick, and I actually got uh, Ray Jones in the deal, too, which was great because it gives me some okay. nice assists and some nice deals. But, like, um, it's all about finding ways where you can get better over your league, right? And, like, okay, that first-round pick might be great, but it also might be nothing, and it's definitely not helping my team right now. Yeah. 
I like that. I like that, Tyler. Like, that is um, kind of, I think those are like the little things end up. There's a little luck. I was, I was actually texting this to somebody uh, who was asking for advice uh, about a trade. And there's um, a little luck and a little skill. And all you can do in fantasy basketball, right, is set yourself up plan and set yourself up to be able to take advantage of the luck that happens so you know this person ended up uh trading out um Chris paul then uh, for bradley bill and they ended up getting you know bradley bill right before chris paul went out for a few games right that's luck but he also it was a two for one so he ended up having waiver wire opening and a waiver wire opening his team and somebody dropped clay thompson so it's like now he's pulling clay thompson on the team set yourself up take advantage of uh, of other people give yourself the assets and then when things happen unlucky things happen to other teams where there's injuries uh, or lucky things happen where a, a, a perfectly good roster of players on the waiver wire you have a team that allows you to you know, put another person on your roster. You have an exploitable person on the at the end of your bench instead of having a team full of great players, right? Uh, or you have a glut of guards. Well, someone's guard uh, gets injured for a month, uh, like James Harden, right? Guess who you should be, whose door you should be knocking on. Oh, but I, I think luck, that's a little skill. I think it's always too a, a big mistake that some people make in leagues where they allow pretty much free streaming. Like you can pick up at least a person every day. Is like. Basically, having your last roster spot open to stream is worth more than maybe even a top 100 player, right? Especially if you can yeah. get a game every single day, right? You're getting something every single day. And so in leagues like that, like doing a two-for-one that opens up a roster spot for you if you have a really good team is massive. It makes your team so much better. It really does. Like having that extra game, even if it is a just a mediocre player, usually you can... Uh, like like we're talking about read the tea leaves look at who who these teams are playing um and be like oh this team's playing like the worst defense this guy who's all right is playing the worst defense in the league just i'll just i'll just stream them it's it's no i'm not getting rid of anybody i care about i'm just gonna stream them and then you get lucky just on thursday if you picked up mason plumley he have not been doing great against centers, right? Here's what you got. 13 points, 15 rebounds, 5 assists. 4-4 four, four from the field, 5-7 of seven from free throw. Wow, good. It, how many leagues was Mason Plumlee owned in? Not very many, I none? imagine. Yeah, none, right? Damian Lillard was out for the Trailblazers. He picked up Justice Winslow because you saw he was starting. He gave you 12 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and a block. Sure, he shot like crap from the field, and he didn't really help your free throw, but there's some pretty good counting stats. Very good counting stats. Mason Plumley rostered by 46%. Justice Winslow rostered by 12%. Right, and so, but if you don't have a streaming spot, you missed out on both those. And yeah, sure, maybe you had X top 100 player, but he didn't give you anything that night. And now maybe he plays tonight, and maybe you can stream somebody. Maybe, you know, maybe he fits into your roster, maybe he doesn't. Even if he does, right? Like, if you're getting somebody every single night versus three games, I'll take seven over three games any day. I absolutely would as well. Um, before we go, let's do a quick... We usually do a little waiver wire, uh, midweek waiver wire uh, doing. And um, I'm over on Yahoo.com. And I don't like the transaction trends. They're weird. Like, Jalen Duran, like, those are those are weird transaction trends. I'm going to go look at percentage rostered. I'm going to look at um I'm going to look at under 70% rostered. I think you know 3 out of 10's pretty uh, 3 out of 10's pretty like hey that guy might be on my on my waiver wire. And it drops from 70 to 50 pretty pretty quickly. Um yeah, yeah. so we we talked about this earlier. I think Yahoo is either getting really like they're the people in the Yahoo leagues are getting a lot smarter. Or they've figured out a way to, like, redo that number. So, like, it's really very good. Like, it's hard to find people 
that are owned, and especially if you go 50%, less than 50% of leagues, that are, like, actually worth streaming consistently? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chalk it up to one. There's a plethora of very good fantasy basketball and, uh, analysts out there, including uh, the Watching the Boxes podcast, um, who are informing people a little bit better than they were maybe years ago. Um, but also, I think maybe um, some standardization of league sizes maybe is, uh, has occurred on Yahoo, perhaps. Maybe there's more people playing in a standard league. This is a very shallow league because there's more people playing fantasy basketball than ever before, right? There's not a lot of those four-team, eight-team uh, team leagues where you'd have to just like find your five buddies who like the NBA. Who doesn't like the NBA? I'm gonna throw out a few names, and I want to, I want to hear what you have to say about them. Rest of the year, um, first name that comes off this list that I'm like immediately drawn to is is Kelly Olynyk. Very... Is Kelly Olynyk on this list? That's the question. Yeah, number one, he's currently 74th. He should be. It should be 100 percent rostered. Well, look at, the, look at Kelly Olynyk in the past too. So like last year, Kelly Olynyk. Like didn't play a lot of games, right? He only played 40 games. He had a, a relatively small role. But the year before that, like, Leo Linick was really good, dude. 13 and a half points, seven rebounds, almost three assists, 1.1 steals, 0.6 blocks, you know, some good percentages. Like, Kelly Olinick, why he wasn't drafted in all leagues was a mistake. Like, I don't understand it. He's a top 100 player. It was good. Like, once it was said, I am going to start. Uh, Kelly Olenek is going to start. He's going to play closer to 30 minutes than 20. Like he's currently playing 26 minutes. So cl- closer to 30 than 20. Um, that was a no brainer. That was an absolute no brainer. You have that. He should be drafted currently rostered in 68% of leagues. That doesn't make any sense. It should be very close to, uh, 100%. I think it's sustainable, right? Like rest of the year. I think it's very sustainable. I it's just a weird player. player. Sure. It's a weird across the board type of player, so maybe that's what is scaring people off, right? Like he's twelve, four, three, uh, steal and a half, and a half a block, and one and a half three pointers. It's a bunch of really solid numbers, but it's it's a bunch of solid numbers across six categories. And three point shooting's unsustainable, but we've also seen him, you know, take and make more in his career. So does that just tick up with? know some general like feeling it out with the team and realizing that he is a good shooter probably like the attempts probably tick up as the percentages comes down i think so um so yeah paleolinic don't know why he's not rostered more leagues um someone who's been going up in ownership uh or in roster ship is probably the better way of saying it uh the now healthy jalen suggs um we talked about this when he was a rookie, right? I think he was kind of on our short list for guys who could potentially win, win rookie of the year, even though it was it's very hard for a guard to win rookie of the year. We're like, we got, you got to keep an eye on, on Suggs. I think he's, he's fairly good. I think he was kind of one of my second year, like, Hey, ooh, check, this, uh, check this guy out. Um, another kind of injury plagued, unfortunate injury plagued start to Jalen Suggs' season this year. A couple standout pieces here. And then the caveat is there is no Cole Anthony. There is no Markel Fultz currently healthy on this team. Playing great minutes. Go ahead. It's also worth mentioning this is the magic. So we never know when the hell those people are going to play. Like this has, been, this has been the worst team about injuries for the last, I don't know how many years, four or five? Like they just don't tell you anything. Like I mean, how many times have we heard, oh, Jonathan Isaac's coming back soon? Yeah, Jonathan, by the way, Jonathan Isaac still not playing basketball. And it seemed to take it as a game-to-game thing, and they don't release a lot of updates. And so, like, sucks. And here's the other thing you got to remember about people on the waiver wire. The cost is relative zero, right? Like, it doesn't really cost you anything other than the worst person on your roster to, to roster this person. So, even if the the production is only for five games, if it's five really good games, it's worth it. He's getting you five assists a game, relatively speaking. 
Nobody else on the waiver wire is getting you five assists a game. He's also getting you 12 and a half points, two steals. We mentioned he was in the top five in steals. Um, 0.4 blocks, which is good. Percentages, not great. 1.33 is not great, but like, I think it's worth it to have a couple elite categories and a couple of decent categories, like of rostering this guy for however long he's playing, you know, relative 30 minutes. I also think it's kind of okay to have this guy straight up on your bench and play him when you need him. You know, he can, uh, he's, you know, he can get assists. You know, he's a great steals guy. You know, his percentages are really, really bad. Look at your matchup halfway through the week. You're getting your ass kicked in uh, in field goal or free throw. All right. I guess I don't care about that as much. Put Jalen Suggs in for the rest of the week or s- swap him in for a guard uh, that maybe is good percentages but doesn't give you the, the counting stats or whatever, or utility. Who cares? Maybe you need more assists and steals. You don't need the rebounds. You swap them out for one of your more reliable bigs in your utility spot. And sure, it hurts your field goal and free throw, but you're already losing those categories halfway through the week. Who cares? I think the, those spot starts of a guy who can get you, like you said, off the waiver wire on elite steals, and then two, starter quality, like fantasy basketball starter quality assists. Like, you're not going to find that anywhere else. Not at all. Do you worry about him when Cole Anthony and Marco Fultz, if Marco Fultz ever gets healthy, you worry about the playing time here because we're already kind of worried about playing time anyway. I mean, I might worried about it, yeah, somewhat. But again, like, how much am I worried about it? Not that much because, again, I'm paying nothing for him. So if he's down to 20 minutes a game when those guys come back, I'll cut him and go for the next guy. Good point. Just drop him right off. Because, um, I mean, isn't there going to be somebody else on the waiver wire that He's popping off a little bit at that point, or you know, maybe X's team's point guard got hurt, and this other person's available to pick up. That's going to be their starter for a few games. Like you can, uh, what do they call that? A Frankenstein, right? Like you can kind of mix and match and get starting anything for relatively most of the season if you're smart about playing the waiver wire. One hundred percent, absolutely. There's another two, actually two names sticking out here that are under. Um, I'm shocked. Trey Murphy III is currently only rostered on 46% of teams. It seems like over the last few days, that number has significantly dropped. He did have a couple dud uh, games where he only played 17 minutes in one and 20 minutes in the other, and he uh, missed all of his shots. So it could be just kind of a small sample size like hey i'm tired of having this all right guy on my team shit in the bed uh followed up with a uh just yesterday a 16 point a three block three rebound three three pointer a 31 minute game right trey murphy is good just good at basketball right and so they're gonna find minutes for him like Everybody was healthy in that game, right? Brandon Ingram played, Zion played, Herb Jones played. All those guys had missed some time. Um, and the highest minutes off the bench was Murphy, right? And now Valanciunas only played 19 minutes. So, you know, maybe you could say, you know, some of those minutes should have went to Valanciunas. But, like, Brandon Ingram fouled out in that game. Zion had four fouls. They just went away from Valanciunas. Like, they went with Murphy. And, obviously, you know, part of it was matchups against Portland, who wasn't really playing any big man. Whatsoever. Nurkic was out. Lillard was out. Um, I think Trey Murphy is just good, and I think you want good players on your team. Now, you look at him for the season, he's 94th. Is he going to be 94th the whole season? Probably somewhere around there. Like He's going to be hovering around that top 100, I think. There's going to be some inconsistent nights, and I think you just got to live with it. And he's a player, too, that I don't think the matchups super matter for him. They're just going to be games where he makes his shots and he gets you 12 points and the threes. And, you know, there are games and games where he's 0 for 5. And you're just going to have to live with it. Yeah. I mean, it's the life of a three point shooter in the NBA, right? It's just like, what, what more? Like, that game stunk. What more do you want, though, from a guy who's hovering around the 100 mark, right? If he's 90 or 115, those are rough. 
roughly when you think about it as an overall value that we were talking about the overall value of these players down in those plateau regions, which is exactly why we talk about them as plateau regions. Uh, they're a bunch of guys who overall do very specific things, but overall are the, the same value to your team, depending on what you need versus, you know, Jokic, who is like five times the amount of value than those players down in those plateau regions. What more do you want from a plateau guy? Uh, other than a guy who can suddenly give you three to four uh, three pointers in one night and a steal and, f- you know, four to five rebounds and, you know, go off on points like that's, that's to me, like I'd rather have the potential of a big pop versus t- uh, a guy maybe like. Um, Alan uh, uh, McDaniels, right, who seems to like kind of chip away across the board, like. Seven, three, one, and one, nine, seven, one, and three. Like those are nice too. But I, I kind of prefer with my my waiver wire players, the guy who could just pop off one night because like that can make the very, very, very big difference in um in my streaming. Um a guy who suddenly has like a fantastic game that can make the difference in your week. Oh, for sure. I like Jalen McDaniels though. Don't get me don't get me wrong. Uh, but he is just like this very like consistent like, defensive stack guy, which is nice. Sure. Also, yeah, and, I by mean, only forty-one percent of players. By the way, defensive stats always get underrated because they're. I mean, we talk about this all the time, right? They're just smaller numbers, and so people don't get as impressed by a steal or point nine steals or point eight steals or point eight blocks, right? It's just like, oh, well, it's under one, so it sucks. Well, n- no, but yeah. What I mean, like you just—it's hard. It's harder for people to value those defensive stats for sure. Yeah, hundred um, percent. They know ten rebounds is good. They know fifteen points is good. They don't realize that a steal and a block are good. That I don't know. That surprises me. That always that always confuses me. Where it's like, don't understand the value of like point eight steals, point eight yeah. blocks. Yeah, that was a zero a couple nights, and then there was two. It was nice. Yeah. For a week, three for a week. Um, that's one per game. Yeah, and they also don't get that, like, it's harder to win those categories because, like, well, it's easier to win those categories when you stream, too, because, like, the difference is minimal because there's just not as many of them to go around. Like, how many steals are you getting in a week total? Well, you know, if the number is 20... And you lose by two every week, you only need to stream in two steals a week to win. Whereas in points, it might be you lose by 50 every week if you're not a good points team. Like, streaming in 50 points is a hell of a lot harder than streaming in two steals. 100%. I completely agree with that. Um, the last guy I want to talk about rostered only 17% of leagues. Uh, scumbag, uh, felon, garbage human being, Grayson Allen, uh, with a Bucks team that is is the three starters are are not playing right like 35 minutes in their previous game pick him up well i mean they're without the three best players so someone's got to do something grace and allen can at least make some shots so sure i pick anybody on the box at this moment hold your nose pick him up report him to homeland security uh, after the game 17 percent is just a little too low um, for even a scumbag, unless it's just a bunch of people who are like, uh, morally, I cannot have this guy on my roster. I respect that choice. That is the correct choice, and I respect that. So, I mean, you look at that game, right, the last one they played, they're, they're all three missing tonight's game on Friday, if you if you listen to a different day, right? Uh, but they, they missed the, the last game, too, and they beat the Thunder in overtime with uh, Grayson Allen scoring 18 points, but Marshawn Bochamp scoring 19 and having eight rebounds, so there's another guy who's probably not owned at all is somebody that I'd look at because, I mean, and Javon Carter, who's also probably not owned, had 36 points, and he actually got the oh. lion's share of the shots. Um, I'd much rather but, probably take a shot on those guys. Right, and so um, I'm assuming those two are not owned hardly at all, but someone's going to have to take shots on this team. Brooke Lopez played 45 minutes, which is not sustainable. Um. Say, say Brooke Lopez. Hashtag say Brooke Lopez's knees. All right, and Bobby Portis is going to go be good and go off in some of those games, but like I think Bochamp and Carter both have a chance to you know, maybe average like 14, 15 points a game while 
all three of your starters are out. I mean, you're talking about missing what? Relatively 65, 70 points. I mean, that's three. A lot. That's a ton. Those guys are probably wildly available. And th- this is why you got to pay attention to the injuries that happen. Um, you make a Brooke Lopez is like incredibly hot start. Uh, surprising in the sense that we haven't seen him do it in a little bit, but not surprising in the sense that Brooke Lopez is really good at basketball. So, um, relying on him a little too much and a little more than they want to, but at the same time, like healthy right now. So I, I guess they're, they got to do it because no one else this is, is one of those guys. I think you ride out because like, I don't think you're going to get value unless like there's someone desperate for like a center or whatever. You can get like a really good player back and you already got a good center because you drafted Brooke Lopez super late. Right. Um, I would, I mean, like, it's just one of those things where like trade them if the, the number's right. If there's someone to overpay for Brooke Lopez. Right. But like, Writing a really, really hot hand right now, and it's a hot hand they're going to have to continue to go to through the rest of the season. So, does he cool off? Of course, he must. But did the block numbers cool off? I don't know. I'd say no. He's been the blocks, blocks are going to be there, but the, the minutes are what's going to come down, right? So, like the blocks are going to go down. I mean, he's not getting two point seven, but could he get like one and a half to two? Sure. But I think he's going to hover probably at the end of the season somewhere like that twenty six to twenty eight minute range, given that they're healthy and they can afford that. Like they've had to bump his minutes up here because they just haven't been healthy. They have not been healthy. Middleton hopefully is back soon. Hopefully everybody is healthy soon, and then they don't have to rely on him. There's probably also a good reason, right? If you can move him for value um, above his, you know, what you would think a 25 minute, 26 minute per game Brooke Lopez looks like, uh, which is still really good. Like that's still potentially like 80, 70, 80, you know, ranked player. Uh, If you can get somebody in the top 50 for him and you don't need the blocks, right? Go for it because once they get healthy, you're right. They're going to have to save him for the playoffs. That's what they're really playing for right now. And they look like the team to beat. For sure, for sure. Well, that's it. Um, that's all we got. Um, if you want to support the show, please uh, go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. It's $2 a month. That's it. It's just $2. If you like the show, it gives you some value. Um, show your love. Show your respect. We love our patrons. We love all of our listeners, but mostly the patrons. We, we like our listeners. We love our patrons. How about that? Um, just to uh, two dollars patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, you can find me at watch the boxes on Twitter. You can find Tyler at Tyler P Watts, that is W A T T S on Twitter. And uh, you hit us up, let us know what you want to hear on the show. Let us know if you have questions about your teams. We'll talk about them on the show for God's sakes. Um, and if you want to follow our Twitch, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes, uh, this week was a little weird, no uh, basketball roundtable this week but we'll be back next week with that basketball roundtable for y'all uh that's been pretty fun to do with uh some of the guys around the fantasy basketball analyst universe and we're going to continue to do that as we move forward uh, anything else to plug tyler oh man that's it all right enjoy the rest of your weekend we'll see you uh for week five easy stay safe Peace.